Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. What's up, y'all? Good morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Dominic Insinius. I'm the leader here at The Heart, and you picked a great day to be here. If it's your first time here today, or if you've been here all five years that we've been cooking, I want to, just for a quick moment, okay, uh, I, I, I know that when we are expecting something, when we are prepared for something, it sets our mind up differently. It sets our posture up differently. If you know you have a tough week, let's say coming up this week, you can do some things today to prepare yourself mentally for the week ahead. So what I want to do just for a quick moment, because we're going to have uh, about 25 or so minutes together, I want to take a quick moment and let's prepare ourselves to be here mentally, to be here today in this room. I know we are here, but there's so many other things going on in our lives, so many other things that we need to be thinking about and worrying about, and I got to do that when I get home, and I got to do this tomorrow. So let's, let's let ourselves just be here for the next 25 minutes or so. What could happen in your life? What could, what could change from today? See, what's wild is today, it might be like any other Sunday, but I, I know from, from my own personal experience, and I know from talking to people that sometimes there's a message, sometimes there's a song, sometimes there's a connection on a Sunday that can change the path that you're on, and for you, that could be today. So let's let ourselves be here today in this moment. We're starting a brand new series today called So Cliche. It's so cliche to say that things are so cliche. And what I want to do, what we've kind of been talking about for the last couple of weeks, is how we can approach some of the cliches that we hear and say in our lives. We're going to look at a few of the cliches that, uh, that maybe you've heard kind of in the Christian world or from church people. It doesn't have to necessarily be from church people. Maybe understand where they might have come from, why we say those things, and are those things helpful? Do they matter? And so I want to start off with, if you're taking notes, this is early for notes, so sorry to, you know, uh, go crazy. I know you have to write three or four things down when we meet here on Sundays, but here's one if you're ready. Being intentional with what you say or don't say, if you're taking notes, write this down, being intentional with what you say or don't impacts the relationships in your life in healthy ways. Being intentional, that's, you're going to hear that phrase a lot. Being intentional with what you say or don't say impacts the relationships in your life in healthy ways. What you say matters. We have a, a short phrase we like to say around the heart, and it's that words matter. How you say things matters. What you say matters. What you choose to not say matters. So I want to start off this series with a cliche that you may have heard before, and that is, everything happens for a reason. You ever heard that before? Everything happens for a reason. Sometimes we're told that at, at the end of a tragedy, right? Something bad happens in our life, and somebody who, who's wanting to encourage us will say, well, everything happens for a reason. Everything happened, you know, that was a terrible thing that happened, but I think everything happens for a reason. 
And sometimes we can say these things in an effort, in an effort to, hold on, there it is, in an effort to cheer somebody up, in an effort to smooth something over, in an effort to get past an uncomfortable feeling. I know that when, 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 when a, a few times in my life, I can, I can think back to some tragedies in my life, and maybe, maybe you can identify with this. I, can, I think back to a few tragedies in my life or, or, or mild tragedies or whatever it is, and I used to ask myself, and I still do, a, a default question I ask myself is, why? Why did this happen? Or, or I'll, I'll, I'll ask God, sometimes I'll ask God out loud, why didn't this happen? And I want a reason. You know, there, we, uh, years and years ago, we, uh, uh, my, uh, my wife Amber and I, we were uh, attempting to have a baby. We tried to do in vitro, and in vitro didn't work. And, and I asked God a lot, why? Why is this not working? Everybody says that everything happens for a reason, so I would love a reason. This is how I talk to God. I would love a reason for what you're doing. Get it together. God, you can do anything. Everybody says that you're everywhere and you can do whatever you want. So why don't you want to do this? Maybe you felt that way before. And maybe, maybe you haven't felt as strongly. Maybe you don't get as mad at God as I do or whatever. I don't know where you're at. But maybe you've asked yourself, a, a, a default or an automatic thought has been Why? Somebody does something, right? Corbin, he's all grown up now. He's a man. He's going off to college and everything. He's got life figured out. But when he didn't, a few years ago, a few weeks ago, yesterday, <laughs> now when he was tiny, he would do something, right? He'd be running around and, I mean, he didn't. This is just an example because Corbin always follows the rules. But let's say he wasn't following the rules and he pushed something off a counter. Imagine a kid pushing something off a counter and it breaks. What's one of the things you, you ask the kid? Anybody? Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? And inevitably, every kid in the history of children, their answer is, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what do you mean you don't know? There has to be a reason. We are constantly looking for reasons. Because if something doesn't have a reason that it happened, then that means there might not be meaning behind it. And if there's not meaning to our life, there's not meaning to what's going on, then what are we even doing? Do you see why reason, do you see why us looking for a reason is so important? Do you see why you might automatically look for reasons for things happening? Because if things don't have reasons, then we're just kind of floating around. Then we're just kind of doing whatever we want. And that clashes with our idea that maybe we've been taught or maybe we have learned or maybe we have experienced or maybe we, we look at and read in the Bible that God has a plan. That God has things in place and there is a plan for you. And so this must be happening for a reason. But what's the reason? And when do you get to find that out? And what if the reason never comes? Because I can look back at a life of tragedies here and there, great things here and there, highs and lows. And I look for 
reason. And here's what I think. I want to look at a scripture here in a moment, and I think this might be the biblical support for everything happens for a reason. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Romans, uh, or you can go to the YouVersion Bible app and go to Romans 8. In the YouVersion Bible app, you can also follow along in there. There's a, an event in there every Sunday where you can follow along with the scriptures, and it has some links. And you know what I want you to do real quick? Uh, 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 before we get into the scripture, I would love for you to get out your phones. because we're, we're, For the past couple of weeks, we've been full-on live stream. And if you have been thinking about somebody that you have been wanting to invite— thinking about something that you've been wanting to, to bring with you, I would love for you to text them right now and tell them they can go to live.theheart.church and they can check us out on live stream. No pressure. They can stay in their pajamas. They can drink their coffee or whatever, their bacon. I don't know what they're doing, but they can get into it and, and be a part of what's going on here. You don't have to go to church here to go to church here. It's, just, it's something that we say. Now, Romans chapter 8 Romans is actually a letter that a man named Paul wrote to a group of people following the way. That's what they would call it if you were following this person, Jesus. The ways that he taught, the way that he treated people. They would call, it, they would call them followers of the way. Isn't that cool? And so what he would do is Paul, these, these collections of people who were followers of the way, Paul would write letters and encourage them on this journey. Because they, like us, don't always know the wisest way to proceed in life. They don't always know what the best move is, how they can grow their faith, what's the right thing to do, what's the right thing to say. And so what I want to look at is, is a piece of that. We're just going to look at a, a, a piece of it. And I, I encourage you, if some of these scriptures that we read seem out of context, it's because they are. <laughs> these are some of these are long letters, and we take pieces of them, and we do our best to try to bring context to it. But I encourage you, Romans chapter 8, we're going to look at a couple verses, but go home and read that whole chapter. It'll take you less than 5, 10 minutes. Get a glimpse of what Paul is talking about. So here's, here's what we're going to look at. In Romans chapter 8, we're going to read verses 26 through 28, because 26 is going to help give you a little bit of context of where Paul is going. And in this particular part of the letter, Paul is trying to encourage the people in Rome. He's trying to encourage them in this kind of life that they're leading. He was telling them right before we're picking up here, he was kind of telling them that, you know, uh, uh, that being sinful is not good. And you don't want to be sinful. You want to be non-sinful, right? He doesn't say that. I'm just giving you the, the Dom's notes, Cliff's notes. That he, he, he's telling them that God has taken care of sin in life. That God, through what Jesus did, has connected us back with our heavenly Father, Okay? So after that, he's talking about the glory that we're going to be a part of by being followers of the way. So I have to say that if you don't consider yourself a Jesus follower, that's okay. You can still be in this story with us. So watch this. This is Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 26. says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, just real quick, if you don't, the Holy Spirit is basically God's spirit on earth, Okay. That's very shortened. Um, but you can watch a bunch of YouTube videos today and figure out more for yourself. 
We don't know what God wants to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Hold on. First of all, that is incredible. Paul is saying even if you don't know what to say or don't know what to pray for or don't know what's going on in your life, that God's Spirit knows what you need to pray for, and will pray for that to God for you. You don't have to do anything. That's wild. Okay, watch this. Uh, And we know, okay, here, watch this. Here's where I think everything happens for a reason comes from. And we know that God, where are we at? And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them. Doesn't that seem like everything happens for a reason? Whatever happens, God's going to turn it around to good for you. Whatever happens, God's going to make it good for you. Now, the point of the message today is not to argue with this statement. The point of the message today is not to tell you that every time you say everything happens for a reason, that it's wrong. What I want us to be aware of over the next few weeks that we dig into these cliches is I want us to challenge ourselves, not just these cliches, but anything that we say is to be intentional with what we say. Be intentional with what we don't say. Because sometimes not saying something is so much more impactful and a deeper connection to somebody than just saying a cliche, than just saying everything happens for a reason. Because maybe, maybe you might know what you mean when you say everything happens for a reason, but not everybody means the same thing. Sometimes somebody will say everything happens for a reason, and what that means to them is that God has a plan. Sometimes says, sometimes somebody will say everything happens for a reason, and what that person really means is that good can come out of this. But if we're not being intentional with what we're saying, if we're not being intentional with how we're connecting with people, we can miss an opportunity for real relationship. We can miss an opportunity for true connection because we're inserting cliches when true, thought-through, intentional, practical words can be put in that place. Let me tell you what I mean. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Choosing to see an opportunity for growth in tragedy may be healthy, but so is sadness. I don't know who needs to hear that, or maybe nobody does, or maybe somebody online needs to hear that, maybe somebody listening to this needs to hear that. Choosing to see an opportunity for growth and tragedy is healthy. It can be healthy. It may be very healthy for you, but it's also healthy to be sad in the midst of tragedy. But we as humans, we don't like us any sadness. We want to hurry up and get past that. And in general, not all of us, not all the time, in general, we are uncomfortable with sadness. 
We are uncomfortable interacting with people who are experiencing sadness. A friend of ours, they just had a tragedy happen in their life, and there was a part of me that's like, I, I, I want to text them, I, I want to call them, I want to connect with them, but I don't know what to say. You ever thought that? Somebody in your life's going through a hard time, you're like, man, I, I, I want to let them know that I'm here for them, but I don't know what to say. I don't want to be a bother. If they want, if they want space, I want to give them space, but I want to let them know that I'm here for them or that I care for them. And sometimes what we'll do is we'll grab one of these cliches and we'll say, well, everything happens for a reason. So if you feel like, again, I got to say, I'm not here to argue with you. So if you feel like, Dom, I do think everything happens for a reason. I'm not arguing with you. I'm not telling you to think differently. I'm not telling you to change the way you approach your life. But what I am telling you is that if you can make yourself be intentional with what you tell others, I don't think you need to stop believing that everything happens for a reason. I just want you to understand how it's coming across when you say it to somebody else. Okay, watch this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Telling people that there is a reason for their tragedy helps you feel better, not them. <laughs> Telling people that there is a reason for their tragedy helps you feel better, not them. When I, when I have said everything happens for a reason, I feel good. I feel like, yeah, things are going to be okay. Things are going to be okay. I'm not in that mess with you. You know, next week, the uh, next week, the cliche is going to be, I'll be praying for you. You ever said that one? Watch out. Telling people there is a reason for their tragedy helps you to feel better, not them. And, and maybe I'm overgeneralizing that. But anytime anyone has ever told me that everything happens for a reason after my tragedy, it has not once made me feel better. <laughs> I have always felt, and this, I'm a very sarcastic person, yeah, surprise, which is also sarcasm, by the way. Uh, my, my reaction when I was, in, in these few tragedies I can think of in my life, my reaction when somebody said everything happens for a reason, I just feel like if you don't know what to say, just don't say anything. In fact, this is for free. Sometimes if you say, hey, I wanted to text you to see if you're okay, but I don't know what to say. That's powerful. Feel free to say that. Saying I don't know what to say will create such a deeper connection that is an opinion, not a fact, than saying some cliche. We, uh, we did a series uh, in the summer of, it seems like six years ago, uh, uh, just this past summer, uh, we did a series called Spiritual Bypass. And some of these cliches we're going to go over in the next few weeks touch on a level of bypassing. Bypassing an emotion. We want to bypass sadness and hurry up and get back to joy. There's so much pressure to feel joy, especially in the Christian world. Like, hey, you don't have anything to be sad about. God saved you. God gave you Jesus, and you have the nerve to be sad about that death in your family, the absolute gaw, to be upset that you lost your job after everything God has done for you, right? 
And so he's, oh yeah, you're right, you're right. I have so much to be grateful for. I have so much to be grateful for, which is true. But if we're, if we're, if we're looking at grateful things, if we're, if we're pushing ourselves towards joy and don't stop at, at sadness and anger and frustration along the way, that we are bypassing necessary human emotions that make joy real. You see what I'm saying? The more you feel your sadness, the more you can really be in your joy. But if we're pushing past sadness and anger and these real things that we're, that we're facing, just to hurry up and get to joy, just to hurry up and get to where things are better, then we can't ever really enjoy it. Okay, here we go. I want to look at a second piece of scripture real quick. This is in Ecclesiastes. Now, if you don't know a lot about the Bible, Ecclesiastes is in the Old Testament. And it's a very sarcastic, cynical piece of literature. A lot of, a lot of Ecclesiastes is talking about how hopeless life is. A lot of Ecclesiastes is talking about how meaningless life is. That's true. And then at the end, the writer says that things are hopeless, Things are meaningless, but here are some things to understand. Watch this. Watch what he says here. Ecclesiastes 3, 4 says this. There is a time for everything, right? Verse 4 says there is a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. There are times when it is appropriate to be sad, and after a tragedy, that is one of those times. There will be a time to laugh. There will be a time for joy, but not yet. So if, if you're somebody who chooses to see opportunity in a tragedy, that's good. You can do that. But you don't need reason to find purpose. Oh, my gosh, y'all. Okay, write this down. This is juicy. Finding purpose in tragedy, okay, Finding purpose in tragedy is healthier than looking for a reason that it happened. You see that? You can find purpose on the other side of a tragedy, but that's not the same thing as looking for a reason why it happened. Because most of the time, there is no reason. Most of the time, you'll never get a reason for why it happened. And you'll drive yourself crazy looking for a reason that something happened in your life. But... If you stop looking for a reason and start looking for purpose in what's next, I'm telling y'all, that is when your faith begins to grow. So everything happens for a reason. It's not quite right. And it's nowhere in the Bible, if that matters to you. So maybe when we say everything happens for a reason, maybe what we mean is you can find purpose in your life after this tragedy. This isn't the end of your story. And if that's what you mean, <laughs> then say what you mean. But don't say everything happens for a reason so you can feel better. Don't say everything happens for a reason so you, can let you, so you can check the box in your life that you connected with that person. 
Take the time to say what you mean. Take the time to hear what you're saying. And this isn't just a challenge for you. These are things I do. I have cliches that I say all the time. That's what, that's what I want you to be able to do is to be intentional with what you're saying. Over the next few weeks as we're talking through these cliches, that's going to be the theme is being intentional with what we say because it is so, uh, it's such a passion of ours here at the heart to connect with people. Our mission and our vision here at the heart from the beginning and now has been connecting people to the heart of God. It is our desire, our hope, our mission, our purpose to connect you and the people that we interact with to connect you to the heart of God. And the way we do that is through connection. And connection is powerful when it's real. Connection is powerful when we're really in it. And so what I think can happen for you, if you're willing if you can find the purpose here, and maybe you're supposed to be here today, you know, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> maybe you can find some purpose in this series. Change the way you connect with the people around you. And if you're not ready to connect, if you're, not, if you're uncomfortable with connecting, then I hope you have the bravery and the courage to not say anything yet. Or to say, I don't know what to say. I wish I knew how to be there for you. I wish I knew what I could do. You'd be surprised the deep connection that people will feel when you're honest about where you're at with that. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes real quick and bow your heads. I want to give you a challenge. I like to challenge you with things. This week, as you're going about your life, I want you to be intentional with the things that you say. I want you to be intentional with the things that you don't say. Watch the interactions that you have. Watch the relationships that you are a part of when you are intentional with your words. Intentional with your connection. That's the challenge I have for you this week. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful to be able to have a God who sees us, a God who knows us. You've given us your spirit here on earth that even when we don't know what to say, you're there with us. Even if we don't know what to do, you're there in it with us. God, I pray that you would give us the, the bravery and the courage to be true to ourselves and connecting with others. I pray that you would give us the courage to be vulnerable in the connections and the relationships that we have in our life. Help us to lead an authentic life, not a cliche life. Help us to be true to ourselves, true to you, and true to the people around us. We love you, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, our mission and goal is to connect people to the heart of God. If you would like to pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ, please visit us at www.theheart.church for more information. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who might benefit from it. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we'd like to invite you to visit us this Sunday morning. We have two experiences for you to choose from at 9.30 and 11 a.m., all happening at the Spot Cinema House and Eatery. Remember to be bold this week 
and connect with those around you. It's how our relationships grow and how your faith grows.